Four match balls to win on home soil. His heartbreak for him last year here. Can he make amends? And he can. Look at that. What a reaction. Three games to love. What a performance. Solid as you like, as you'd expect. That will mean the world to Paul Cole. Davis gets the feed from Russell. The Lakers starting to celebrate. The fans here starting to celebrate. The Los Angeles Lakers win the first NBA Cup. They are champions of the inaugural in-season tournament. A brilliant performance from Anthony Davis. More spectacular play from LeBron James. And a Laker defense that put on a clinic tonight. Wow, did that. Really nailed it. Goes big, goes all the way. He's been waiting for that, Glenn Phillips. He's been waiting almost 41 deliveries. Cut away, Glenn Phillips screams. Jubilant Glenn Phillips has done it. The only player in the game to score over 20. Kia ora, welcome into the show. It is your Monday morning on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at five past six. Morena, Israel, how's it looking down there, brother? Looks uh, looks pretty good through the window. That's beautiful down here. Yep, blue skies, not a breath of wind at the moment. So we're in for a cracker of the day. It's all good down here. Yep, no, had a great weekend uh, at home with the kitties, just just uh, pottering around and uh, enjoying ourselves. But um, Mate, I got to go and experience, well, a hell of an experience, really. Mm-hmm. I went to the New Zealand Secondary School's athletics down at Napunawai down here and um, got to witness some of these young athletes coming through. And, wow, <laughs> it was so good to just sit on the banks, uh, the, the hillside there, and just watch these young kids going around and uh, performing and just wowing me <laughs> with, with their... Well, just their skills and, and the professionalism and how quick some of these kids, they're still kids, like these juniors running around doing these hurdles in phenomenal time. So um, I had an awesome weekend just going there. I had Daisy's young nephew here. He was representing St. Peter's Cambridge uh, up in the north, so he come down and had a, wee, had a wee run around. So I went and watched that for a couple of hours on Saturday, and it was awesome. Great to watch. Nice. Yeah, good way to get out, mate. And uh, mm. I, I'd heard it was all going to be uh, toast down your way. A lot of rain, cold front coming through. You didn't get any of that? Uh, we had a little bit of rain yesterday. It was just a little bit of drizzle, but it was more the wind factor. So I, I was watching, um, I was, look, I'm looking at the times. I didn't watch the finals day, but on Saturday they were absolutely flying in the 100 metres. And I was thinking, okay, what's going on here? Well, they had a three-metre uh, three tailwind. So they were running with the wind. But some of these times, I'll go through the 100-meter final for the Mm. seniors. Um, We're a boys' 100-meter senior finals, 10.58. Wow. 
10.58. Joe Dolphin from Rangitoto College, but he had a three-metre tailwind. And so a dorsal fin. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was gliding along that track. Uh, Rian Douglas, 10.9 for the juniors. So it's every under 16 is the juniors, over that's the, the seniors. And then there was this young kid who ran the 800 metre for, uh, for the juniors, and his name was Moss. I'm just trying to figure it is. Quinn Moss, boys 800 metre junior finals. Quinn Moss ran it in 1.59. 9.92. So he's under under 600 metres, uh, under 16s. And then you go to the boys' 800 senior finals. The winner, James Ford, ran it in 2.02. Jeez. So the, so the junior beat the senior. <laughs> that is outstanding. There's some great times here. When you were saying the 100 metres at 10.58, I'm like, mm. hey, that's, that's, not, that, that's, that's pretty much close to Olympic qualifying time. I know, mate. I was watching some of these. These young athletes, and I actually caught up with um, Thomas Waldrum. Oh, yeah. You know, Thomas Waldrum, yeah, former yeah. England, played a lot for the Crusaders. Well, his son, Troy Waldrum, was, was running for um, Silverstream. He actually made the semifinals of the 100 metre. And I'm looking at Barney, called Thomas Barney, and I was like, mate, where, where, where those genes come from? They ain't from you, son. <laughs> <laughs> So you had some, some young athletes. I think Dougie Howlett's son was racing for, as well. So there was a lot. Of, I saw Benice Mini. So her kids were, were in the event. It's a, such an awesome event, man. And I took my young kids there to, to get some inspiration, and they were really big fans of it. So well done to everyone that was in part of the 50th Jubilee of the New Zealand Second Schools Athletics. Tom Walsh was a guest speaker when I was there. So this is where the young athletes are made and, and forged their careers. It was awesome experience. Yeah, fantastic, mate. So you've got a couple of young daggers signing up for local uh, athletics day, have you? Oh, look, my daughter, she was doing cartwheels around the, the embankment and uh, then they sat down and ate donuts. I don't know how that's, that's working. <laughs> not, not real nutrition when you're watching athletes. But, um, mate, it was, it was cool. I, I, I think... A lot of kids would have taken a lot of inspiration from watching it and uh, being a part of it. Napuna is a new track because the QE2 got demolished and demoed through the, the earthquake, so they right. have an opportunity to build this, and uh, it's it's an awesome facility. Fantastic, mate! Fantastic, and I've got to, I can't I can't uh, go past your uh, your golf on Friday for I am Hope uh, that round. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, you you're a bit worried about because what you had to take your stable foods. And you were a bit worried you might yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might be a bit far off the pace. How'd you go? So so bad, so bad. I'm having a week off. Yeah, I'm having a week off. Well, it's a forced week off because I've got so many jobs to do around uh, around the house. And you want to hear about the irrigation? Yeah. Well, I've done a I've done a job. Have thing. you? I've done a job. I'm too embarrassed to tell you about it right now. But I'm going to. <laughs> okay. So I go find the pipe. I yeah. go find the pipe, and I've just. Trying to do it in two minutes because we need to shoot to the athletics. I cut the pipe mm. and then I go inside and I'm just like, I need I need something to stop it. I need like a plug that I can put into the into the pipe. So I go steal the vivid lid. So I take the vivid lid out <laughs> and I stuff it in and I yeah. stuff this vivid lid in and then I grab the duct tape, good old duct tape, and I duct taped around the ends and I put it in there. And it's working an absolute treat. Oh. So this is my little country clue. <laughs> <laughs> Dagger irrigation. Oh, uh, is that number eight wide? That's, that's it's close. That's Kiwi ingenuity, isn't right. it? So oh, long as it's still working. <laughs>
<laughs> that, that did work. It it's, did work. Have you told Daisy it? for now? Ah, yeah, she's. Oh. Oh, my mate threw me under the bus, actually. Oh, I told he? him on Friday I need some help with this irrigation, and he said it in front of Daisy. She's like, oh, what's happened? I'm like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are yeah, you doing? So, so no golf this week, and I've done, I've done the job and, and, and made a little, little it's, fix at the moment. It's easy, and it's easier to say, well, I'm not playing golf for a whole week when you're playing rubbish, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it was an easy decision to make I hated the game on Friday But anyway, we raised some good money for, for I Am Hope Got to see Mike King And did a Q&A with Rido and, and Will Jordan So awesome day out at Pegasus But there was plenty going on on the weekend, Rick Dog. Oh, there's heaps going on on the weekend, mate And we're going to get amongst it Craig McMillan's going to join us after 8 o'clock And we're going to talk the Black Caps They managed to get over the line, mate Glenn Phillips again And it's just his third test Getting the Black Caps home and tying that test series Oh, man. <laughs> it actually went longer than I thought it would go uh, to make it to day four and, and we'll get a result. We're always going to get a result, but I thought it would have been shorter than that. But yes, finally got there. Santner and Glenn Phillips just uh, tails were wagging and, and got us a result in the end. But pretty damning comments from, from Tim Southey in regards to the pitch and, and what it's done for the game. I'm sure Craig McMillan will be all over it, so we're looking forward to chatting. They've lost the debate, really. You know, Glenn Phillips with the white ball, now the red ball has to be an inclusion in, in all formats going forward. He's a very special player, particularly with the ball. And hadn't seen much with the ball, but showed a lot of wares on, on both sides. Um, and then what do they do if Henry Nichols yeah. failed again? But I guess everyone failed in the top order in, in that wicket. Is that enough to, to save his, his position? Um, yeah, plenty, plenty to chat about. Yeah, it, 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 there was an interesting article actually on stuff where uh, um, one of the former selectors was saying, oh, you know, you've got to um, basically, it, basically what he said is that form didn't matter. You trust mm. the job that the guys have done for you before, but it's like, how long does that last? Because I mean, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, is he? But around the nineteen ninety one uh, Rugby yep. World Cup, and they took that All Blacks team that was probably about a year or two too old on average into that mm. World Cup, and you know, that, out of that came the saying it's harder to get out of the All Blacks than to get in it, um, like because once mm. you're in, you just didn't get dropped. I can agree. <laughs> I've been in that position. Twenty fifteen, you know, I was I was injured throughout the entire year with my calf. I come back and I got a couple of opportunities. See, that's, that's the thing. He's going to get a couple of opportunities. He had a couple of opportunities, and then the time comes when you've got to make those decisions for a big, um, a big tournament or some, something game that's coming up. Well, that was the 2015 World Cup for me. I had about four opportunities to play to, to cement my spot in the team. I, I missed those opportunities, and I missed selection. So you'd have to say pretty similar uh, for, for Henry Nichols. You know, you think about this series, uh, the opportunities he had, Four, four opportunities to have a crack, 25 runs yep. at 6.25 average. Um, he it came up hell short, but you look through the entire squad, Tom Blundell, 14 runs, but he took a few catches. Uh, Devin Conway, 47 runs at 11.75. He has lost a wee bit of confidence, particularly leading in, uh, leading, following on from that World Cup ODI. Um, so you can't blame it solely on, on Henry Nichols, uh, but you have to say he's at the top of the list when it comes to ch- changes. Yeah, well, I think that's a, that's a really good uh, point too. You made you, you talked about Blundell. I mean, Blundell's job 
is, yes, he's mm. a wicketkeeper, so you expect some runs from him, but his main job is to catch. Yeah. What does Henry Nichols offer us other than no runs? He doesn't bowl. He doesn't, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the case for AJ's Patel as well because AJ's obviously had a good series with the ball. Yeah. But I feel like this is going to be similarities to when he went to England on a, on a spin-friendly wicket, took a hell of a lot of wickets, then he's going to go missing for the summer. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, like you just cannot be the specialist like they have in the past where you're a very good bowler, but you offer very little with bat. And I think that's that's the, the same with Tom Blundell. He needs to start scoring some runs because you cannot solely rely on just taking catches and stumpings. Yep, being a wicketkeeper. I agree with you totally. It is quarter past six. Uh, we should get to Who Am I? $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash get away with golf. T's and C's apply. I think this is the last week, isn't it, Robbie? Is this the last week of the Adidas golf vouchers? I th- think think it might be. Or oh, you think next week as well? Oh, oh okay. Well, we're, we're close anyway. So uh, <laughs> here is... Th- th- thanks for that, Robbie. Uh, finger on the pulse as always. <laughs> uh, much like myself. I should have known that before I said anything. Uh, clue for number one for who am I? I was born in 1990 and made mm. my international debut in 2012. I was born in 1990, made my international debut in 2012. Double eight, double three is the temper bed post text machine. Text through your answer and put yourself in the draw to win that $100 Adidas golf voucher. Let's get to this now, though. Let's go. Izzy, your best for the weekend. What was it? Oh, where do I start, man? There's so many I want to, I want to choose. And when I spoke about it last night, I had well, all intentions that we were going to speak to Paul Cole, but he's hung over, so we'll get him tomorrow. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. He won his first New Zealand squash open title. It's hard to believe that it is his first and, and first time he's going to be on the trophy. Alongside his fiance Nelly Gillis, jealous, and uh, it was a it was a real family affair yesterday in Tauranga. So well done to Paul and Nelly on, on their success, and obviously Zoe Sadowski Senate wins the Big Air World Cup. Hell of an effort! So there you go. She got silver last time. Very successful night for her. But for me, I'm going to have to go to rugby. And I watched this game and I thought, ah, oh, this is their home and hose. Easy, easy, easy. Michaela Blyde, 200 tries at the, in the sevens. Second only to Portia Woodman. She's 234. So I'm going to go Michaela Blyde. She's worked hard. She's got there. She's 200 try scoring machine. And she's represented our Blackburn sevens, who came third. Got it. Got it. Now here's Blyde, all muscle and hustle. And energy offload for Miller. Canada's defence really stretched. Here's Michaela Blyde trying to streak away again. Just dragged down. Four foot of Canadian bodies flying everywhere. Here's 200. The one they call Mini. Absolutely mighty. To become the second woman in sevens history to 200 tries. She had to grind for that too. That was probably the hardest one she's ever had to score. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, after losing, I thought they were going to win 
You probably have to go for one of those other two. But anyway, Michaela, well done. 200 tries. Hell of an effort. Hell of an effort. Nice work. Nice work. Well, I'm going to go for Shohei Atani's agent. Uh, as <laughs> has been simply the best for the weekend. I don't know if you've seen this, but Shohei Atani, the Japanese uh, baseball player. Oh, if you haven't seen it, you're sleeping under a rock. Usually, Crazy. usually in baseball, you're either a big hitter or you're a pitcher. Generally, you don't mm. do both, right? I mean, not even generally. Mm. Like it's really, really rare that someone does both. He does both, and he mm. is getting paid. How's this? 700 million US to sign with the LA Dodgers over 10 seasons. Give you an idea, you know who Aaron Judge is, right? The big hitting, the big slugger from New York. He re-signed recently for half that amount. 360 (laughs) over nine years. The current, uh, but the the previous highest paid contract was Mike Trout over at the LA Angels, which is Shohei's Mm. former team. 426 and a half million over 12 years. So Shohei Atani's agent has done a fantastic job of getting his man paid. That is huge. Massive deal, is he? Oh, it is just blowing the internet right up, isn't it? And I saw um, a little meme online, and it said, the largest contracts in North American sports history, Shohei Atane is $700 million. Patrick Mahomes, $450 million. Mike Trout, $427 million. Mookie Betts for the uh, for the Dodgers, $365 million. And Aaron Judge, $365 million. Mate, he is a phenomenon, Shohei Atane. Like you said, Japan, love him. He's very marketable. Does both pitching, batting, everything in the game of uh, baseball. It is crazy. There's been some money thrown out in sport lately. We're peaked too late, Rick Dog. We're yeah, peaked too late. Yeah, well, mate, you, you, at least you peaked. <laughs> <laughs> you peaked. You peaked. I saw a photo of you on Facebook. Man, you were in good nick down when you were a young fella. Oh, really? Which photo was that? When you're standing between three dudes in your blue shirt, oh. a little memory popped up. Oh, yeah. yeah you were yeah. in good nick. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was all right. That was when I was... That was Pantera. That's who that was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was that I was saying it was probably where it all started to go downhill after hanging out with those guys just quietly. But um yeah, <laughs> they uh, that, that 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 was uh, that was a while ago now. That was a while ago now. But yeah, I mean, mate, just you think about things now, you know, you, you kind of mm. it's not no reg- it's not regret as such, but you're like, Oh, if only I'd done this, if only I'd done that, you know. Mm. Um mm. but yeah, man, I mean I, I even so even so, I'd get him paid like that. Man, that is crazy money. So is that guaranteed? Like he's seventy million a year. I was reading. Mm. That's guaranteed. Yeah, apparently. Oh, we'll, we'll find out more. Hugh Bainan is going to join us. Uh, uh, famously of the Howard Pakaranga Indians baseball outfit, um, we will we'll get Hugh Bainan on after seven o'clock. He's going to talk to us about this deal. That man is baseball through and through. He knows it all. So we are able to ask Hugh Bainan wow. all about that. But yeah. That is a massive deal, and uh, like I said, simply the best. That man is getting paid, and well done to his agent. You can text us, double eight, double three. You're simply the best for the weekend. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer.
Double eight, double three is how you get hold of us. Or 0800 1508 11. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. The temper bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And had a few texts through on double eight, double three. Uh, your old mate DJ Timmy's got uh, something to say there, Izzy. DJ Timmy has sent through a message. Here we go. How about the Windies winning a series against England for the first time in 22 years? Yes, well done to the West Indies. And remember when Jason Tamalolo got paid a million a season for 10 years and everyone was blowing up about that. He's dead right. Man, this has been some long-term contracts. You think four years, five years, that's probably the stretch, the limit. But no, they're going to 10 years, a decade. Changing the game. Yeah, they're changing the game, all right. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is one that I don't think has paid off. Um, like mm. He was he was on fire early on, but, man, you haven't got a lot of return out of him for the last couple of seasons, I don't think, really, considering what he's been paid. But, yeah, that Wendy's result is absolutely massive. I tell you, there's got to be some... Got to, cause, uh, the, Do you reckon we're going to see it in rugby? Like, if you think about it in the next... Oh, no, a couple of years. Are we going to see a game-changing contract thrown out to one of these young New Zealand players? Just just hypothetically, like, if there's a chance for a young player coming through and there's a contract thrown his way from, say, Allah, the Hurricanes, to say yep. this is our man to build our team around, here's a, a ten, eight- to ten-year contract. Do you think that would be the way to go about it for New Zealand rugby? And how would you feel out there knowing that someone from the Hurricanes, a young player coming through, you could build your team around, is going to sign long-term. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because I think at the moment, I could be wrong, but I remember reading, and I don't know if this is super contracts or, uh, I mean, they're all kind of centralised now, or just New Zealand rugby contracts, but it was that the, the maximum length of contract NZR hands out is four years. Four years. Four years is the max, yeah. Well, that's the max I've heard of, and I've, I've been lucky enough to have a four-year deal with them. Um, but, yeah, you don't see much past four years. Is this changing the landscape? We don't have the same money, not even anywhere close. But, yeah, it could be something like that. When you think of a Dan Carter, Richard McCall, that had played for over 10 years, would someone like NZR be willing to, to do something like that? Mm. And would a player be brave enough to say, that is my maximum value? Well, that's the other the thing, potential. right? It's mm. like, you know, you're basically... That's why I, th- I think it might be hard for it to happen here because if you're looking at the, at the landscape at the moment, you know all the money's in Japan and France, right? Yeah. You're the yeah. big money. Yeah. So you sign an eight to 10 year deal, even if it is for a million a year here in New Zealand to play, like you say, with the Hurricanes and play for the All Blacks, sure, you're getting paid and it's good money. I, nobody's sneezing at that. But you think, well, I could do that for four years or six mm. years and then, you know, double my money, triple my money by going offshore. Yeah, I don't see it happening unless the the money here is enticing and probably equal to what they're going to get overseas. But you chuck in some sabbaticals, you chuck in some opportunities to play overseas and and so on, and, and potentially could happen. Yeah, it's just, just a thought. Yeah, it's a good know, thought. Just changing it's a good the landscape dis- of, yeah. of, of, of sport. It's a good discussion point, I'll tell you that. Um, I was going to say to you, though, Matthew Mott, who's the white ball coach for England, you don't make mm. the semi-finals of the T20 World Cup. Now you lose the first series against the West Indies at home in 22 years. You might be looking over your shoulder, he's, mightn't you? Yeah, he's, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're probably looking is that why Baz isn't answering our calls? He's got another job to do. So what's going on? He probably doesn't want to come on and chat about that. But he's, um, yeah, look, that's, that's, his, that's his bosses. That's his work. He don't want to go talking about his work that's struggling. But, hey, could be a fair point made about too much focus on the red ball, the white ball, Moddy. Are we feeling left out on the lurch? Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. All right, keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. the temper bed post text machine. We've got some sports news headlines heading your way shortly right now, though. Here is Araha with news for Kubota. Their in-stock catalogue is out now. 26 away from 7 on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Bunnings Trade helping you power through till the end of the year. Let's have a look at some sports news headlines. And Wellington Blaze captain Lee Kasprick is doing everything she can to earn a recall to the White Ferns after she ripped through the Auckland Hearts in the latest round of the Halle Burton Johnson Shield one day as she took 5 for 16, Izzy, in a, in a 50 over match. 5 for 16. Ooh. It's the sixth best list day, one day performance in team history and set up a nine mm. wicket win at the defending champions uh, extended their lead over the Hearts at Eden Park. Uh, Kennard's higher community oval yesterday. Uh, White Ferns back in action, the first of three ODIs against Pakistan and Queenstown tomorrow. Yeah, with a new captain too, eh? Yeah. Had, uh, yeah Millie Kerr taking over the captaincy, which was obviously paid dividends. First time without Sophie Devine for a while, and they get the result. Um, might be a little bit of a changing of the guard. And I saw young Mir get a double hat-trick. Yes. Playing for CD. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty darn good, eh? Wow. That's, yeah, I mean, a double hat-trick, Robbie. A uh, double hat-trick isn't six wickets, is it? It's four. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, yeah four, four wickets in a row, um, and they were done. It was the last two balls of her over, and yeah. then the first two balls of her next over, uh, but still counts as four in a row. Yeah. Yeah, superb, <sighs> superb. I mean, good. There's, some, there's some talent coming through there. Honestly, you look at it, and some of the results we've had recently might be time to make some changes because we've got an ageing side. I've, yeah, I think so. I, I think um, there will be some adjustment. I'll, we'll talk to Macro about it too mm. because I had a good chat with him on the golf course. Uh, he's been down there um, doing doing the commentary for it so he's, he's got a real good view on it. So looking forward, yeah, I think there'll be some changing and giving people opportunities, young talent coming through. Yeah, I don't know what it is with cricketers at the moment. We'll have to ask him because uh, I asked him to come on last week and he couldn't because he was concreting, right? Mm. And then I asked Jeremy Coney to come on on, was it, I messaged him on Thursday to come on on Friday. And he didn't reply to me until late, and I'd already teed up somebody else. And he said, "Sorry, I was up the back concreting." <laughs> I'm like, "What is it going? What's going on? What's going on?" I told him, oh, he "I think they ain't concrete. Mecca ain't concrete, mate. No chance he's concrete. Only thing he's concreting is his iron on the, off the pavement when he's at the golf course." <laughs> we'll have to bring that up. We'll have to bring that up. Uh, two <laughs> tournaments down on the HSB Sevens World Series, and no cup wins for either the Black Ferns or the All Black Sevens, and neither reached their finals. In Cape Town overnight, the Black Ferns were denied a place in the final by France, 24-12 in the semi. They settled for the bronze, but in the US, 19-7. The All Black Sevens, though, I'd almost say it was a thrashing. They got toweled up twice in pool play, and then in the quarterfinals, they managed to scrape. I don't know how they scraped into the quarters, but then they got beaten by Ireland, 36-21. When was the last time an All Black Sevens team conceded 36 points? That was the first time ever... Losing to Ireland in ten matches, so, and that was the second time in in for a very long time in South Africa that we've lost the quarterfinal. 
I watched that game and it was crazy. It was you're just watching this Irish team. They were just on another level. Reigning 2022 uh, Player of the Year, Kennedy took 2023 off. Has made his uh, comeback to the series. He dominated the the Kiwis. I don't know. We just we've got we've got a few aging players in there. Um, and this is a young person's sport. Unless you're very experienced, you've got to have speed and a bit of nous about your game. And we just looked a, a little bit off. Damasi Thama has taken over the, the coaching role from Clark Laidlaw, and we've struggled. Man, we lost two pool games. The only mm. reason we got through is because of Samoa giving, um, giving us a little bit of help. So we limped through the quarters, and we got blown off the park against Ireland, who looked very good. But I think there's some questions uh, about potentially maybe some changes having to be made. Um, we just looked... But lost, but yeah. old, and probably um, a little bit behind the eight ball compared to uh, to other sides. Argentina are dominating the final; they're twenty eight five up, and Aussie won the the women's final twenty nine twenty six. So, yeah, not a good time for for New Zealand sevens. I thought the women's would have gone through. They look very good in their quarter final, but lost the semi to to France, which is crazy. Do you think this is what we're seeing? Um... You know, the player drain we've talked about, the, you know, guys like Alex Nankerville and people like that, right? Going north, yeah. we're seeing more of that. And so that next wave of players that might not get a contract at 15s are now getting those deals. And those guys usually went and played sevens, a lot of them, particularly the outside backs. So where the player drain's affecting now is our sevens program more than anything else? I thought it would have been the opposite because now there's contracts and good money available for these sevens players to have a genuine crack. Like back in the day, Gordon Titchens and, and co were picking players that weren't making Super Rugby mm. and trying to transform transform them into sevens players. Now there's a genuine pathway. The journey there is is more the pitches right in front of them of what they can do. I thought it would be a hell of a lot easier, but yeah, we well, hasn't transitioned. Um, particularly at the start of the season. Look, it's only early days, but you think from what we're seeing, it's potentially going to be a difficult um, season. Uh, look, I think the formula's there, and and now there's contracts and money on offer. You think Georgia Miller's just signed the longest sevens deal in history. So it's there. I just think we're not getting the make, make up right, and then probably a game plan. You know, new coach, Tamasi Thama, how's he transitioning into the role? We, we don't know. It's early stages. Early stages, yes, uh, but yeah, interesting one, mate. Because yeah, it, I think we've been. We've what do you reckon? Do you do you do you feel like it's been drained? I think so. That's the... that's that's what it feels like. Mm. We just don't have enough players to go around. We've got five Super yeah. Rugby franchises and then a sevens program, uh, yep. and we're losing more and more players offshore. And like, we're not even losing. It's not even you know the Brody Retallicks and Richie Mawangas that I'm talking about. I mean, those yeah. are the, the old guard of the All Blacks are used to those guys post-30 going overseas. That happens. But it's like, I mentioned Nankerville, but it's also guys like Caleb mm. Trask. I know he's back, but he went for a year to Japan. You know, it's that next level of player down uh, who are you good super rugby stalwarts that, that, that we're losing earlier. Oh, if we had first pick of everyone at our disposal, we'd win the series every year, I, I feel. Mm. Uh, but you did right. You know, a lot of those players that are on the cusp are going to shoot overseas. We're going to lose that, that those talent, that talent from that pool, and we're going to have to start picking from school and, and younger ages and giving them opportunity. That's a reality. Like ninety five percent of that team would be twenty, twenty one, twenty two. They're absolutely pups. And then you've got Tim Mickelson and, and Scott Curry still running around and holding it down for the old fellas. So, 
Yeah, it's difficult time at the moment for New Zealand Sevens men's. They look a little bit lost. They do. Uh, 42 days after walking away from the Wallabies, Eddie Jones has been chosen to return as head coach of Japan, according to multiple reports. Uh, Eddie Jones is poised to make a return as head coach, uh, positioning previously held in 2015, despite vehemently denying reports of an interview for the role during the Rugby World Cup as Wallabies coach. Uh, yeah, what do you reckon? Is he big step backwards for Japan? What about for Izzy? Is this the last uh, for Izzy for uh, Eddie? Is this the last last cash grab? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it to be honest. I know he's got a big relationship over in Japan, and he's best mates with uh, one of the selectors in the panel. Uh, but definitely a step backwards for Japan. You know, like, yes, he gave them a game against South Africa and won them and made a movie out of it. But what else has he done, really? I don't, I don't see how people can trust him and and believe in his credibility. He beat out Franz Ludic over in over in Japan and. Oh, yeah, oh, mate, I, I don't know how you can respect and, and trust this guy, to yeah, be honest. I don't think you can. I don't think you can, mate. And uh, just before we uh, move on from the headlines, I can tell you, Tottenham lead Newcastle by two goals to nil in the uh, last game of the Premier League weekend. Uh, there is about, uh, what are we talking about, 37 minutes still to go in that one. Elsewhere, Everton continue their resurgence. They beat Chelsea 2-0. It means that the Toffees are now four points clear of the relegation zone and uh, they are appealing their 10-point deduction as well. So that could lift them as high as ninth. Uh, Chelsea currently sit 12th after that loss. Elsewhere, Fulham on fire. As uh, my mate uh, Radar texted me this morning, there's only one F in Fulham. (laughs) Uh, as the fans like to chant at Craven Cottage. They've scored 10 goals in their last two games, Izzy. They beat West Ham 5-0 this morning, and midweek they beat Nottingham Forest 5-0. So they're absolutely on a heater at the moment, Fulham, and looking good, scoring goals for fun. And uh, Man City, man, they are struggling with injuries. Erling Haaland didn't play today because of a foot injury. Jeremy Doku, their star winger, out, also injured. Uh, and no Kevin De Bruyne still. They managed to hang on to beat Luton Town 2-1. So they needed that win. That was their first win in five in the English Premier League. Interesting time for um, for EPL, isn't it? Isn't it good just seeing a changing of the guard? You know, you're used to the Man City's, Manchester United, uh, your Arsenal's, Arsenal losing to Aston Villa on the weekend. They're on a bit of a heater, sitting in third place. Mm. So... Plenty going on. Your Manchester United, I don't know. We don't really need to talk about that. What do you mean, my Manchester United? Who do you support? Yeah. No, no. I'm a a fan from afar. Oh, okay. You you, you tend to stop them like you stop the Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't get me started on that leaky defence. No. Hmm, That was a worry. Bunnings Trade is here to help you with a new phone service. 134 Trade Call 0800 134 872 for support on all things trade. Those are your sports news headlines. We'll be back with Love Racing next. It's coming up 10 away from 7. I can tell you Tottenham now lead 3-0 over Newcastle with half an hour to play in. That one will keep you up to date with the score as it continues to roll out. Uh, you can uh, The Grand Tour Racing Festival is back, is he? And you got some love racing news for us. Yeah, in a race thrown into disarray by a false start. Quality four-year-old Desert Lightning stood tall and claimed his first Group 1 victory in Saturday's TAB Classic at Trentham. The enduring story out of the 400,000 Wait for Age feature will be the auxiliary gates failing to open. And the horses with the three widest draws, Faraglione, 
Desert Lightning and Aegon being left behind. Fortunately, the remainder of the field all pulled up before the end of the back straight. But when the race was rerun several minutes later, those three horses, get this, all finished in the top four. Ooh. That result indicates that it was clearly an advantage to have avoided the exertion of the aborted first running of the race. But dwelling on that would be doing disservice to Desert Lightning. He was one of the standout male three-year-olds of last season, winning the Group 2 Avondale Guineas and placing in the Group 1 New Zealand 2000 Guineas, the Group 3 Manawatu Classic and the star-started running of the Karaka 3 uh, million three-year-old classic. The son of pride of Dubai has come back strongly as a spring four-year-old when he first up at Pukekohe before finishing third on heavy ground at Tauranga. He stepped up on the big weight for age stage on Saturday and showed that he belonged. Rider Vinnie Colgan had to use up some petrol after Desert Lightning eventually left the wide gate pushing forward to take up position outside the front running town crier. Desert Lightning swept past Town Cry soon after re-rounding the home turn, and he was all alone in front, the long Trentham straight. Faragalone malt time, and Aegon came at him with powerful late finishes, but Desert Lightning kept finding and held them all the way to win by a length. There you go, Rick Dahl. Bit of controversy in the TAB Classic. Yeah. Um, I know there's been a huge debate because the four outside gates that didn't fire, well, they made the top three. Uh, three of them made the top four. Yeah, and I, I get I get why there's controversy, right? Because that's yeah, that's obviously mm. affected the outcome of the race. But what do you do? I mean, if a bunch of horses have run <laughs> 400 metres, do you do you then put the race back and give them an hour to recover and then run it again? I mean, I, I guess they're limited yeah. as to what they can do, right? There, there's not much you can do. And it'll be interesting to get some conversation from you at home if anyone's in the know. Could you delay it maybe a week? Or something like that. I know it's the biggest race of the day, and it's a mishap, misfortune to have it happen in the main gig. Um, but yeah, look, they're at uh, they're at time pressure. They had to get it running. It ran really late, and uh, obviously, dear slightly. Uh, look, I wanted to know because my I lost my first multi, my first league, and my first multi when Bonnie Lass got nosed out. I couldn't believe it, so I had no money left in the account. Mm. But were you able to still? Were you still able to have a bet when it misfired, mm. when the false start, or whether was all the all the betting um, put on hold? Because if it was, you take the, a couple of those horses in the outside gate, you would have had a fill up. Totally would have, totally would have. So I, I bet, thought that straight away. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm going to bet on those boys that didn't jump. <laughs> Which, <laughs> we'll have to have Paulie Mawadi up about that at 8.30, see, see, what, the, mm. see what the lowdown is. Um, yeah, I, got a, I got a tip from uh, Kevin Titarangi uh, on Friday. Mm. Uh, at Randwick Races, race seven, hinged, he said. Go each way on it. It's paying 18s and 5.50. It's dropping down. It's dropping down a group. Um, it should go pretty good. Yeah, like six six lengths back. Yep, good. Thanks. <laughs> Came nowhere. Came nowhere. Six away from seven. This is Izzy and Kippy for breakfast. Couple of minutes away from seven o'clock. Remember, we've got our Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack to give away all this week. One a day for the text of the day. Chemist Warehouse is the real house of fragrances this Christmas and all at unbeatable prices. So get your text through on double eight double three for that. One from Brett. His simply the best will be Monday night football tomorrow. Otherwise, local <laughs> boy Kyle Smith winning the Ironman. Jack Moody. Dropped the clutch in the finish shoot to beat uh, the Aussie, Kurt McDonald into second by two seconds. And then told on his mm. Hannah Berry winning the women's as well. He reckons the Kiwis are going to rattle some cages at next year's Worlds, is he? Yeah, well done. 
Yeah, so um, saw your footage on social media there, Brett. Oh, it looked like an awesome weekend, and well done to Kyle Smith holding it down for the Kiwis. Yeah, did did really well, and a great weekend at uh, Topo too. A good comeback weekend for the Ironman seventy point three. There, uh, keep your texts rolling through double eight double three. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking Major League Baseball with Hugh Bainan shortly. Shohei Atani getting absolutely paid. We'll find out about this deal and where it sits uh, and what it means for the rest of the league as well. Right now, though, here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Five past seven. Kia ora, good morning. Welcome into your Monday on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at five past seven. Keep those texts rolling through on double eight double three as well. Get yourself in the draw for that Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack. One a day to give away. All of this week, it is Tradies Hour with night and day as well, so make sure you start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. And uh, we've got Who Am I as well, because we've got a $100 Adidas golf voucher to give away. Get away with Adidas golf, visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. Who Am I Clue 2? I've represented many different franchises, including three from New Zealand, four from England, and four from India. I've represented many different franchises, including four from New Zealand, uh, three from New Zealand, four from England, and four from India. You know the answer to that? Text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. And uh, we will announce a winner around 8.30 today. Uh, Let's have a look, though, at uh, the biggest story in sport around the world over the last couple of days, Izzy, and that is the new deal for Shohei Atane. Uh, He's moving from the LA Angels to the LA Dodgers for 700 million US over 10 years. Big trip. A big trip. 30 miles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of a little bit reminiscent of uh, a few others that I can remember as well. But let's, let's talk to an expert on this. Howard uh, Pakaranga, Indians' favourite son, Hugh Bainan, joins us. Uh, the baseball uh, doyen that is. Good morning, Hugh. How are you? Morning, fellas. Very well, thank you. That's a story, mate. That's a story. Uh, Otane, big, big move. 700 million US. Biggest move in baseball history out doing Mike Trout's uh, were you surprised at the amount, given how much bigger it is than everything else? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think everyone's surprised at the amount. I mean, that's uh, the top paid players last year, you know, per year. Max Scherzer, $43 million. I mean, I tell you, they, they just moved the top of the market by 87%. So <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, this, is in, this deal is insane, fellas. Like, um, and it's so LA, it's so Major League Baseball. Um, like you say, Trout was going to pay the most before, but that was an extension. Uh, Aaron, Judge, Aaron Judge signed for 360 was the biggest free agency move, um, free agency signing we'd ever seen, and this is 700. But Shohei Otani, like he is, he is absolutely transformational to the sport. He is, you know, if you cut him in two, um, for those that don't know who Shohei Otani is, he bats and he pitches, which is unheard of in baseball since the days of Babe Ruth. If you cut him in two, you'd have two all-stars. He is an all-star batter, and he is an all-star pitcher. So now, if you cut his salary in two, you can pay two all-stars. So his agent's done a wonderful job here, lads, uh, and they've done it in a, in a shrewd way as well, uh, which we'll get to. But you've got to remember with Otani, he has literally reshaped the conception of what's possible in baseball, and he's even rewritten the rule book. There is an Otani rule now uh, that Major League Baseball introduced that allows the pitcher to be assigned to a, a designated hitting spot even if the pitcher comes off which is a bit inside baseball, literally, but they had to literally write a rule 
because they'd never seen a player like him, and they named it after him. So that's that's how big a generational talent, uh, historical talent we're looking at here. So it's it's fitting that he's the guy who, who's locked in a contract like this. Yeah, let's dive into uh, let's dive into this contract. Uh, it, when you look at it from face value, you think, okay, seven hundred million—that's a big chunk straight out of the LA Dodgers' uh, salary. Uh, you know, whatever they can afford the budget, but it has been deferred past ten years. He's going to mostly get paid outside of the ten-year window. Tell us a bit more about this contract. Is this the new way for contracts going forward for the NLB? Well, potentially, you know, it's a smart way for the team to save a bit of money. Um, mm. Yeah, like you say, the $700 million, most of it is deferred or we paid out after his 10-year tenure. So what a deal for him. 10 years of getting mm. paid, still silly money, and then he'll continue getting paid into retirement. He's 29 years old, so in 10 years he'll be 39. <laughs> me, and, and he'll still be getting paid a lot of money for the rest of his life. But those dollars from the Los Angeles Dodgers' point of view will... Um, depreciate due to inflation. Mm. So the present value of the contract is less than $700 million conceptually, um, like considerably less um, if we assume where inflation is going to go. Now, I'm certainly not an accountant or an expert in this field whatsoever, but in terms of the competitive balance side of things and the salary cap, the salary system type of things, the average annual value is what counts. But that also takes into account the time value of the money. So the cap hit won't be anywhere near as big as it looks like it would have been if uh, if it wasn't deferred, this contract wasn't deferred. So the upshot of this is the Dodgers still have money to go and sign other players. Mm. So you can look at that in a couple of ways, Izzy. You can say, well, that's bulldust, and surely that yeah. shouldn't be allowed because what's the point in the salary cap system if you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, now we'll sign him for this, but we'll just pay him a whole bunch when he's retired. Um, or you can look at it as just smart accounting and smart office work from the Los Angeles Dodgers and Shohei Otani is now very, very, very rich agent. He wants to win. Is this the right move for him the, to go and win a Major League uh, World Series with uh, with the Dodgers? They haven't missed a uh, postseason since 2012. Well, we're on the flip side, the Anaheim Angels with their squad haven't been able to crack into any postseason. Is this the right move? And was there anyone else in this race? There are a few teams in this race. I mean, the ones that would traditionally be in this race, like the Yankees weren't in it so much, like go back to that Aaron Judge deal from before. Uh, the Blue Jays are the most butthurt this morning because all the rumours and the chat was that he was on his way to Toronto and was literally on a flight to Toronto until he wasn't, um, which as a fan can, can kill you. Um, the Giants were in the race, but not so much. I mean, it looks like really from the start there's only been one team since high school. Since he was in high school in Japan, him and the Dodgers have had mutual interest in each other. So I don't think it's overly surprising where he's ended up. He said at the end of last season when he finished with the Angels, I want to win. And like you said, he's never been to the playoffs. And we're talking about, you know, probably the best baseball player of all time. He's never been to the playoffs. Mm. The Dodgers have been in the playoffs every single year of Shohei Otani's career. So he's been watching for 30 miles away. And they've won a World <laughs> Series and they've won pennants and a division, they're the reigning division champion. So and he's going into a division that, is normally one of the strongest ones, but at the moment, you know, the Padres are, are cutting their salary. The Giants haven't been up to much. Yep, the Arizona Diamondbacks went very well, but they've still, still finished 16 games behind the Dodgers in the regular season. So he's going to the best team in baseball, the best system in baseball at the moment, and he's getting paid to do it. I, I've got to remember, just quickly going back to his payment, that because of the international rules, because he came out of Japan and was already playing professional baseball when he came over, there's some quite strict rules on what you can pay those players. 
So he's actually been played a lot under what he's worth for the entirety of his mm. career so far in Major League Baseball. So he deserves his payday. Mm. Anyway, he's, he's getting a payday. Hugh, I did wonder about the uh, going to the Dodgers from the Angels. Uh, it reminded me, you know, sort of go back to when Sol Campbell become a free agent after his time at Spurs and he went across the road to Arsenal and they were, uh, you know, the Spurs fans were uh, called him Judas ever since. I mean, is the rivalry there? I mean, how was this going to go down when these two teams meet in regular season? Oh, there'll be some booze, but I mean, really, even if you're a diehard Angel fan, can you blame him? Like, everything we just said about playoffs and winning, you know, he gave six years to them. Um, can you blame him? Like, the man wants to win, he's 29 years old, yet baseball is going to go longer than than the sports people we're used to seeing um, and the sports that we play, but just due to the physical nature of it. So, yeah, he can probably play another 10 years. Um, but I don't think it doesn't have that rivalry of the Mets of the Yankees, probably because the West Coast is a lot more chilled out than the East Coast in sports, fan, sports, sports fandom um, ways. But, uh, no, I don't think it's going to really fire up too much. The Angels, unfortunately for them, you know, had had two of the best players of all time for the last six years and haven't made the playoffs. So... Something's not right with that organisation, right? Hugh, what's your take on, on a, the length of the deals that we're seeing now? Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, 10-year deal. Um, now you're seeing Shohei Otane with his 10-year deal. Could you? Are you a fan of it? Uh, what are the upsides? What are the downsides? Could I had a little chat this morning, potentially... It was a, it was a, a throwaway comment, really, but about New Zealand rugby. Could we potentially see someone down under... Signing for a ten-year deal. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's kind of um, coming into, especially in American sports, this era of player power. Is he that that all these mm. guys, that all the, the players, have really taken control of their own careers? And, and you know, a lot of people say fair enough too. Um, mm. They lock in for ten years, and that is guaranteed money. You know, these guys play sports yeah. where, well, you did too, where you know your last day mm. on the sports field could be your, you know, your next day on the sports field could be your last. Um, and yeah. so they want to guarantee uh, a living and guarantee the money that, that, that they're owed. So you can see why the agents push for it. There's pros and cons. The pro is if you're a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, then how excited are you this morning? That, um, <laughs> you know, one of the best players of all time has just signed for your team for 10 years. You don't have to worry in two years about the Yankees coming in to steal him or, you know, in football all the time when contracts are up and you get a whole nervy year of watching your favorite player. Uh, is he trying to impress, you know, Man City or whatever? You don't have to worry about that. Does it take away some of the drama from the sport? 100%. Because free agency, mm. you know, no one's done it better than America. Free agency is, is so exciting for fans. Um, and players moving is so exciting for fans as well as it can be heartbreaking. So there's definitely pros and cons. But from the, in this player-led era of, of you know, locking in big money, locking in contracts, locking in guaranteed pay, uh, I, I see why it's happening. And I can see it happening down here. You know, the next generation of rugby star. I mean, I'm sitting right, I'm sitting right outside your old stomping ground. You're right outside Rugby Park here in Christchurch. Just about to spend a couple of days with the Crusaders. <laughs> the next generational talent who walks out of here. 100% I could see New Zealand rugby throwing him a 10-year deal to keep your Munsters and your Leinsters off him. You know, I can see it happening. Are you, did you just say you were going to be the next generational talent to walk out of there, <laughs> Hugh? Well, I am waiting for an eight. I can't see anyone around just yet. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Um, on that, you know, I mean, we're we used to this part of the world seeing, you know, four or five-year contracts uh, that don't actually really mean anything, particularly if you're in the NRL. Um, is, yeah. How solid is this 10-year deal? I mean, if the New York Yankees do want them in two or three years' time, is there any way out for Shohei or is that it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's 
yeah, always there's always a way out. And take you back to the player power thing. You know, if things go south in LA, which they're unlikely to do, that is a very very stable organisation. Um, all the history fits in the world. I'm sure you can get out of there. There's also trade. You know, I don't think I've seen a no trade clause on this deal. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've seen that. So, you know, there's a chance he gets traded in a few years. But whoever he gets traded to is on the on the land for that 700 mil after his retirement or after that 10 year is up. Remember. So they're pretty much locked in Shohei Tane for 10 years um, and some, you know. So I think it's it's a it's a deal that we're going to be talking about for a long, long, long time. You know, like, like we talked about yesterday, Ricardo, just briefly, more money than LeBron's ever signed for in his entire career. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so Shohei Tane next it's... year will get paid more than the entire roster of the Oakland Eight. <laughs> I saw something his contract is more than the entirety of the NRL for five seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yo, do you remember? We What's remember going when, on? Um, I'm not a leaguey, so you have to correct me, but there was that, that Kiwis prop who signed for 10 years with the Cowboys. Tamalolo. Tamalolo. Yeah, Jason Tamalolo. Yeah, and he did a 10-year deal, eh? And that was, was that for $10 million? Yeah, a million yeah. a season. Yeah, and this is $700 million. That shows you the difference it, like, in, what, in what we're dealing it, with here. What about Mike Trout, mate? Oh, look, I, I, I like MLB. Yeah. The reason I like the Anaheim Angels is when I was playing PlayStation, I actually played with them because of Mike Trout. Is he still a force? And what is wrong with the Anaheim Angels? Pitching. Like, well, it really has been pitching. They've never had pitching to back up their bats apart from Otani. Um, mm. If you go to LA, the Do- basically you think the Dodgers are, are what's wrong with the Angels. Um, <laughs> you know, they're just so attractive in LA. That's where you want to go. If you go to LA, you want to go to the Dodgers. Kind of like the Yankees have been for the Mets for so long over in New York. Um, yeah, Mike Trout's probably sitting there going, well, here we go again, because he felt his loyalty to the Angels and re-signed on that huge contract. Um, probably the best hitter baseball's ever seen, and he can't make the playoffs. Um, mm. You know, it's really interesting how we, we compare sports as well. You know, we talk about making playoffs and winning rings in the NBA, make you the greatest or whatever, but you know, two of the greatest, and they've never even touched the playoffs in Major League Baseball. So it's a lot more data-driven game, I know. But, yeah, no, it's interesting to see what happens with the Angels. It could be a death knell for them. They could Maybe they need a super um, innovative GM to come in and rework how they do things um, there. Um, yeah, I remember you guys going up there and playing there. You know, it's right near Disneyland, the Angels. There shouldn't really be an issue with going to... The Angels of Anaheim, apart from the fact there's a there's a better team about 30 miles away. <laughs> oh, it's bloody crazy. Uh, the, the amounts of money, the headlines that has been created because of Shohei Atani. We just want to quickly talk to you about basketball because yesterday was the conclusion of the in-season competition. The LA Lakers getting the job done. LeBron James adding another little credential to his resume. Very successful. Winning 500000 for each of his players for a wee bonus to boot, mate. Must say, is very successful from the NBA. Yeah, talk about innovation. How good was that? You know, it's such a simple idea. Awesome. All those mm. games count. I mean, they got the money to do it as well. You saw how much um, pageantry um, went around the whole tournament. But it caught my attention, you know, and this is the time of year in the NBA where, you know, I, I, I love, love the NBA, but you also have life, you know, and kids and jobs and stuff. So you kind of start. <laughs> I'm a massive yeah. Kings fan, as you fellas know. So you start the season, you go hard for the first 10, 15 games. And then you kind of settle into a bit of, oh, I'll catch it when I can, when I'm not too busy. And then, but this kept me going. And that's been the whole point of it. Yeah. Playoff basketball in November and December. 
You know, yeah, these games are just regular season games. You strip all the pageantry of the in-season tournament away. They're just regular season games. They count towards the ladder just as much as the games in September, just as much as the games in, in May. But they've built this tournament structure around it, and it's caught everyone's attention. And how fitting is it that the king, LeBron James, wins it? Uh, and it really is fitting that like, we don't know how many years he's got left. The fact that he's running around doing what he's doing at 39 years old is phenomenal. Um, but it's really fitting that, that he won that tournament and won MVP. Uh, and it brought some awesome moments and some awesome breakout moments for guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Darren Fox hitting game winners in what are essentially playoff games, even though they're not NBA playoffs. Uh, I thought it was mm. a fantastic idea. Yeah, it's, uh, I can ba- see it happening in other sports around the world. Yeah, they've basically just taken the FA Cup and chucked it in the middle of the baseball season, haven't they? Uh, basketball season, haven't they? Yeah, it's like the FA Cup as, as if the FA if, if the FA Cup games counted towards the league as well, right? They yeah. don't have the lower league structure that they have over in the UK, so they couldn't do one separately because that's the beauty of the FA Cup, as you know, or the magic, as they say. Then you play teams you don't normally play, so they build it up this way, and they simple things that cost millions of dollars, like changing court colours and having that trophy made and all sorts and uh, yeah innovation and just entertainment classic NBA yeah classic NBA all right Uh, I was wondering you how long do you think LeBron does have because I know we've just talked about this uh, this in-season tournament win and MVP and things but leading into this his numbers hadn't been great and he had been missing a lot of games as well I mean it, it kind of feels like he needs to be managed now but it's just whether or not LeBron will allow that to happen yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, he is the smartest basketball player we've seen off the court for a long, long time. You know, all those rumours that he spends $1.5 million on his body each year. You know, whatever he's doing, he's doing something right to that, to that rig of his. And he always said he wanted to play with Bronny, right? That was that was what he said. He wanted to play with his son. Now, the odds of his son making the NBA took a big hit, obviously, when he had a cardiac arrest uh, at USC practice. But he is back, and he's back playing for USC. And if there's ever a kid that a team's going to take a punt on, it's going to be the son of LeBron James. So I could see that happening in a couple of years. I think he mm. deliberately signed a two-year deal with the Lakers, so he will be a free agent when Bronny has his first chance to make it into the NBA. Uh, I don't know. He loves to break records, extend records, and try and cement himself as the greatest of all time, which personally I think he did a long time ago. So uh, who knows how long he's going to keep going. Maybe he'll keep going until that team in Vegas eventuates because... You know, by all accounts, he's going to be the owner of that team or at least a, a, a part owner and, and GM. Uh, so he'll just keep cosily working the league into his favour and working, make, making his best path after retirement as well. And fair play to him too. Yeah, indeed. All right, good stuff, Hugh. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Always good to chat. Uh, and, and enjoy your time at the Crusaders HQ. I hope, I hope they don't bleed yeah. the yellow and black out of you. <laughs> don't share anything, mate. Don't give them anything, okay? It's, a, it's, it's an honour to go in there. Don't be a leak. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Uh, Hugh Bain in there with us. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. Double eight double three is how you get a hold of us. It is the Temper Bedpost text machine. A reminder that, to you that we have a fragrance package from the Chemist Warehouse to give away for our text of the day as well. So keep your texts coming in. 
Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse. Whether it's a stocking filler or your main gift, Chemist Warehouse have you covered. Pop in store or head online today. And uh, a few texts coming through. This one from Marshy in the Hawks Bay. Morena boys, good to see Patel and Sandner come through when we needed them. Phillips has showed he's not just a basher and has become a good test player in trying conditions. Need to get Rach and Ravindra in the test team straight away. Mm, yeah, pretty um, pretty good uh, comments here from you, Marshy. Uh, totally agree. Glenn Phillips was awesome. Absolutely crazy uh, test match for him and just show, well, leading on from the uh, ODI World Cup. And we're going to chat to Craig McMillan after 8 o'clock about uh, the, the Black Caps. And, wow, they've played Bangladesh. They've leveled up the series. They've got a new squad coming in to play the ODIs. And then we're back home for a summer of cricket. So plenty to dissect with, uh, with Macca. Yeah, heaps to get through. I can tell you that Tottenham have beaten Newcastle by four goals to one. That game has just wrapped up. It means Tottenham now go to outright uh, fifth place. They are just three points behind Manchester City, and uh, you've got a very tight top five. Now, th- uh, Liverpool on 37, Arsenal 36, Villa 35, Man City 33, Spurs 30 points. Very tight top five there uh, in the English Premier League. Time to get away with the latest in news from Aroha. Thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from 8, Kennards High makes your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Let's have a look at some sports news headlines for you. Plenty to go around. Zoe Sadowski Synod has continued her dominance in women's snowboarding, claiming a win at the FIS Snowboard Big Air World Cup in Edmonton, Canada. Sunday's result continued Sadowski Synod's incredible streak, which has seen her finish on the podium at every event she's dropped into for the past three seasons. The streak encompasses being crowned at uh, the Beijing 2022 Snowboard Slopestyle Olympic champion, eight Big Air podiums, which also include Olympic Big Air silver and an X Games Big Air gold in 2022 as well. She's absolutely flying Zoe Sadowski's in it. And just on that, it's a three-run format. Mm. She fell on her first run. So she was under pressure, and she comes out, she does a switch backside 1260 tail grab for 97.25 points, and then she backs it up with a backside double 1080 for 86 points, 183.25 out of 200 maximum points. Beating her silver last year, gold. She's on fire. Yeah, she is absolutely on fire. Tell you who else is on fire. The LA Lakers, they've tied the Boston Celtics for the most championships in NBA history. But after Saturday night, they are the only NBA team to have won the NBA Cup behind a performance from Anthony Davis. Get this, his numbers. I know LeBron won MVP, but you read these numbers Mm. and you're like, how? Uh, Anthony Davis, 41 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks. He was good. And it's good to see that that partnership is starting to, to work out. And Austin Reeves played with the flu. He, he was 28 points, I think, he ended up with. So probably his performance of the year. There was uh, similarities to the one and only Michael Jordan's flu game. They were trying to comparison. They were comparison. <laughs> See, there's no comparisons to that game, but it's, it's the chat out there. That's the chat. Uh, yeah, they won that game at 123-109 over the Pacers yesterday. LeBron did get 24 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Victor Webinyama, he might be the hottest rookie in the NBA, but even his presence can't stop the San Antonio Spurs from stinking the league out after they slipped to a franchise record 16th straight loss yesterday. 
The Spurs are 3-18 for the season after losing 121-112 to the Bulls. The worst start to an NBA season in franchise history. What's Pop saying? Pop was trying. He tried something different yesterday. He played four point guards around Webinyama. So Mm. he he tried to do something different. Uh, But... Even that didn't work. So, yeah. As Webin Yama, because I remember they won their first game and everyone's like, yeah, this is starting to work. He's, you know, he, he oh. come out and hit the ground running, but has he been solid? Yeah, his, num- been? his numbers are good. That's the thing. Mm. His, it's, it's not him that's the okay. problem, it's, uh, it's the rest of the team. Uh, I'm just, okay. uh, uh, I, I remember the, they were saying that the numbers that he put up were, you know, just next level. So we'll have to uh wait and see if they if Pop can mm. turn around. I mean if anybody's gonna turn around it'll be Popovich, right? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh Melbourne Renegades, big bash league uh clash with the Perth Scorchers was abandoned after six point five overs because of safety concerns over a water damaged pitch. The ground staff in Geelong worked to dry the pitch after heavy rain crept under the covers. Uh Renegades captain Nick Maddinson declared the pitch still absolutely drenched at the toss and sent the Scorchers into bat. The Scorchers were 30 for 2 after 6.5 overs, and the umpire stopped play to inspect the pitch, and it was abandoned soon afterwards. Statement from Cricket Australia saying they've conducted, uh, they're conducting a thorough review into the extremely frustrating circumstances that have resulted in a game being abandoned, a huge disappointment for fans and players. And finally, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence is starting against the Cleveland Browns six days after suffering a high ankle sprain. Mate, I thought he was limping off for the season-ending in- injury. Well, Didn't want the cart, had the walk-off, so it wasn't have been that bad. Uh, the high ankle sprain typically sidelines players for multiple weeks, but it's consistent for mm. Lawrence to play considering he always does. You know, he's never missed a game due to injury in high school, college, or three seasons in the NFL. Ah, okay. He's that guy. That's what a better... Bit of an injection can do to your knee. Yeah, exactly. Your ankle. Exactly. Uh, he, he's, Cortisone it up. <laughs> so he's supposed to start against what is one of the toughest defences in, in the Browns uh, today. But they do have uh, CJ Bethard ready to go. He was ready to play if Lawrence was unable to play. And interestingly, they have also signed to their full squad, their active squad from their practice roster, their other backup quarterback, Nathan Rourke. So let's just see how long uh, Trevor Lawrence lasts because it sounds like they, there are some doubts uh, from within the camp. But uh, catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL. There you go. Those are your sports headlines. Kenneth Tyre makes your job easy. Talk to someone who's taking the Kenneth today. And Izzy, uh, we also have a poll. Mm. The Choices Flooring Poll. Sale on for family-friendly carpet and hard flooring. What's your moment of the weekend? Just go to the SCN app, click Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. There is a poll underneath that. Here are the options in the poll. Shohei Atane's record-breaking contract deal. Michaela Blythe's 200th try. Black Caps beating Bangladesh. Paul Cole and Nelly Gillis winning the NZ Squash Open in Tauranga. Zoe Sadowski Sinnott winning the Snowboard Big Air. The Lakers winning the NBA in-season comp. Or the Windies winning a series against the Poms for the first time in 22 years. What have you got? We'll come back with the uh, results of that poll uh, in around Paul Cole. an hour's time. Paul Cole. Paul Cole? Yeah, Paul Cole. Paul Cole, Nelly Gillis uh, winning the New Zealand squash. I mean, he's engaged uh, to Nelly, and uh, she played against his sister. <laughs> and I was watching that. I was thinking, how do you actually get competitive? Like, they were, they were firing up out there. It was pretty, it was pretty hostile. Oh. And I was watching it going, oh, okay. 
is that, is that all part and parcel of it? But they, the Mrs. and Mrs. Cole, soon to be, have taken up New Zealand Squash Open. And he's coming on tomorrow. He's just messaged me. He is dusty. He's about to go on the breakfast show at 8 o'clock. He said we could still do oh, it. Oh, so hey, he can do the breakfast show, the but line. he can't do it. Oh, I see. How dusty is he? He's dusty. His eyes are dusty. And he said, hold the line. We'll get on. Get him on tomorrow. So Paul Cole, he's going to join us tomorrow at about 8 o'clock. So All right. There you go. There we go. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. We'll come back with uh, the results of that poll in around an hour's time. It is 20 away from 8 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It's a quarter away from eight on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It is Tradies Hour. Warm yourself up with a coffee from night and day. Hell of a coffee from just $4.50. And uh, we've got plenty of texts coming through. And everyone that texts through today is in the draw to win a fragrance package from Chemist Warehouse as well. Morning, boys. The money that the Dodgers paid to Shohei Atane for the next season has already been made back through shirt mm. sales and sponsorship from Japan. That's from George. Yeah, Definitely. 100%. He's got a whole country there. Well, the Dodgers have got a whole country that are Shohei Otani's fan, and um, they'll be making plenty from that. Probably the most marketable player in the MLB right now. And uh, you heard from Hugh Bain in there just the importance of this deal. So, totally agree. Jorge Otani, is that his Mexican brother? Jorge, Jorge, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Barry's yeah. texted through as well. How's this for a performance from the weekend, guys? Artie and Brody both scored two tries each in their narrow 80-15 to 15 win for the Kobe Steelers. Yeah, they absolutely smash Mitch Hunt's team over Honda. Um, yeah, all you have to say, that's, that deal's paying dividends. Dave Rennie taking over the coaching there, and Brody Retallick scored the first try. Adi Savia, World Player of the Year, just continuing on his form alongside Nani Laumapi. So a good weekend for um, the Kiwi players that are playing over in the north. I think uh, Toshiba beat uh, their, their opposition, and then um, the Toyota Verblitz with Aaron Smith, Bo, um, Bowden Barrett starting for Toyota out of a blitz, one fifteen eight as well. So good start for Kiwis over in Japan. Yeah, all going very well uh, up in uh, the mm. League One in Japan. Uh, also went pretty well in the end for the Black Caps in Bangladesh as Glenn Phillips with a great uh, knock and a, a great performance over two tests. He only played three, but he's already stamped his mark. This was his feeling on getting his first test win. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, like playing a couple of tests now and not having a win up until this point and you don't really know what to expect from a feeling perspective but that's that's an incredible feeling especially when it's a, a win away from home on a tough surface and to be able to come away with um, such a, a victory even though it was only in a, a basically a space of two days um, it was a really intense packed test match and um, it was really enjoyable it's really satisfying yeah so Glenn Phillips doing it under pressure is he 180 runs at 60.33 average throughout the series. Eight wickets at 16.37. You know, I have to say the player of the series in terms of the Black Caps, cementing his spot going forward in both formats, in all formats, white and red ball. Um, So he's a success story, but I guess the conversation is about the top five, really. Failed to to fire, Um, you know, at the top of the order. Is there a lot of conversations... What is the best way to use Devin Conway? Do we bring in another opener to allow him to sit in at three or four? Does Henry Nichols drop out? Um, because without Glenn Phillips and obviously Mitchell Santner to, to get the tail wagging, it could have been a, a horrible, horrible couple of a couple of weeks for the Black Caps. Yeah, so it was good to see Glenn Phillips get that uh, 
first test win. He also talked about what a challenge it was batting in those conditions, particularly having mm. a bat last. Obviously winning the toss um, was, was key for Bangladesh. Um, and I think the fact that we got so close to their first innings total, well, actually the fact that we got a little bit ahead of their first innings total ended up being a little bit of a blessing. Um, those eight runs, I think, made quite a lot of difference and it gave the boys a lot of confidence going into that second innings with the bat. Um, and obviously, with, with the new ball, it was always going to be really tough. Um, the, the fact that Bangladesh bowlers were incredibly good with the new ball, some skidding on and some spinning, and, and made it really tough for our batters at the top. But um, as the ball got a little bit older, it became a little bit more predictable. And um, I guess, thankfully for us, it, it presented some more scoring opportunities as well. So that was really impressive. Yeah, those that pitch conditions obviously played a played a part, which I think makes Tom Latham's um, innings mm. in the second dig even more, you know, stand out even more as to how important that was because he really did see off the new ball, which is the opener's job. It just shows how crucial the the toss was in, isn't it? Mm. Like Tim Southey loses the toss, what eventuates he was already on the back foot. So to scrap out a win and try in conditions, you applaud them for that for sure. Um, I don't think anyone in the uh, Sachin Tendulkar in his prime would have would have probably struggled on that pitch. It was difficult. The conversations that Tim Southey's pretty damning comments on it. Something needs to be said about it and had. Um, we scraped the win, but still, a few conversations will be had about this team. Um, you know, you look at the top order misfire, and everyone's conversations on Henry Nichols still. Yep. Yeah. He's at the top. He's hot topic. Here's the hot topic, and I, yeah, I mean we've got Craig McMillan coming on after eight. a few uh, mm. questions that we can ask Craig, as former batting coach of the Black Caps, and what they, you know, sort of how they approach that and and how they approach their selections as well. Glenn Phillips was also asked about uh, the challenge of those conditions and, and making the win even sweeter. Yeah, um, that's an incredibly sweet win. Um, all things considered, um, obviously Bangladesh coming into this game from a high from their last win. Um, against us the other day and obviously the way that test match played out meant that we were we knew we were in for a tough game here um, and I think we made the adjustments we tried to apply pressure for longer periods we tried to soak up pressure with the bats um, and then also tried to throw a few more punches as well we just stuck to our guns and, and fought for as long as possible and thankfully this time we, we managed to come out on top. So, yeah, it's sweet a win, even though. And then he was asked about this, Izzy, which I thought was quite interesting. What it's been like bowling on this tour and now being able to call mm. himself a genuine all-rounder in a test side. Yeah, that's obviously been a dream of mine for a long time now. And to actually get the opportunity to bowl so many overs, to be able to take a few wickets as well, and um, to know that the process that I've been working through for such a long time has actually been able to pay off. Um, and the fact that Timmy has the confidence to go to me, understanding that, I don't necessarily have the the experience behind me that a lot of the other guys have, but thankfully the conditions are definitely favourable to spinners and, and to be able to get an opportunity in such spin-friendly conditions is really cool. Yeah, there we go. That is Glenn Phillips talking after that test match and that test series as well. Yeah, it'd be interested to see uh, the ICC test rankings now, uh, Izzy, because I think I remember last week after the first test we <laughs> yeah. did all right, he was already sort of uh, making a dent in his only his second test. Well, he'd be even further up the ladder now, I'd think, after that test. Yeah, you'd have to say he'd be climbing the ladder. Um, be good to hear what Mecca has to say about the conditions. He would have played a hell of a lot over there. And we had uh, Pete McGlashan on last week talking about those conditions. Well, they were worse than, than normal. Um, you know, what? what is the outcome going to eventuate from this, from, from Tim Southey's comments? You know, was it beyond... Was there an opportunity to to abandon 
you know, like they did in the BBL. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, well, so, I mean, let's hear uh, from. I've got a result. Yeah. If you haven't heard Tim Southey's comments, here they are. Um, some number of ways I could uh, describe that wicket. Um, <laughs> I think for the match to be all over in 170 overs is um, a fair reflection on the on the wicket. Um, wasn't great. Yeah, I think there wasn't a uh, certainly wasn't an even battle between bat and ball. Probably the worst wicket I've, I've come across in in, uh, in my career. Just the, like I said, the, the balance between bat and ball um, was uh, obviously heavily favoured into into the into the bowler's hands. So um, yeah, I think for the match to be over in, in 170 overs sort of sort of reflects that. So um, yeah, I think uh, for our guys to scrap away and, and come away with a win was was very pleasing. Tim Southey, but it was it was biting his tongue a bit there at the start, wasn't he? Yeah, that was uh, pretty subdued to Tim Southey, the wow, the wow of, of cricket. He knows he's how to fire a shot out there. I'm sure he would have fired a few out on the pitch. But um, oh, look, it's, it's the conversation that we're going to have with Craig McMillan, like the balance. Like what is the perfect balance? Test match going five days, getting a result, coming down to the last session. That is ideal scenario, probably from cricketing purists and fans. Um, you know, how do we alleviate this situation that we're at now with, with this pitch. But that's Bangladesh conditions, and they they are the home, the hosts, and they're going to try and play to their strengths, which is spin bowling. Yeah. And it nearly worked wonders for them. So it's just part and parcel when you host the series. Well, yeah, we've seen India do it before, so why wouldn't Bangladesh mm. do it, you know? Uh, I think uh, England mm. have been accused of it. We've been accused of uh, producing real green seamers when we uh, have subcontinent sides down here too. So... Got a Aussie, around. got a cricket, you know, concrete wicket that's quick as hell. Well, mm. there, you go. there you go. It's all part and parcel of it. Indeed. It is six away from eight on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Yes, it is our tradies hour. You can grab a coffee from Night and Day for just $4.50 and uh, warm yourself up this morning. Great way to start the day. Plenty of texts coming through on double eight, double three, and getting themselves in the draw to win that Chemist Warehouse Fragrance Pack as well. Uh, hey guys, the best news is from Dingo Dave. Crusaders are taking the Highlanders uh, on the Highlanders 15th of Feb at Methvin Domain. Taking a bit of awesome. super rugby out to the regions, is he? Yeah, that's what they're very good at. They play the uh, the Farmers Cup, I think it is, and they always go out to the regions, particularly places like Methvin or Maru, and play this game. And It's always a sellout. I know the fans love it. Yeah, be, uh, be magic. Brian's also texted through, best performance I saw on the weekend was St Andrews College doing a rendition of Led Zeppelin's classic Stairway to Heaven. Young guitarist absolutely nailed the Jimmy Page moment in the middle of the song. Just a brilliant listen. Maya Fraser is her name. Watch that space. Very oh, yeah. good. Yeah, okay. All right, there you go. As, he, as he's across that, knows all about it. Here's Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, their in-stock catalogue is out now. And it's four past eight here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, welcome into the show. Craig McMillan, uh, not too far away. We're going to be talking some cricket. We've also got uh, a giveaway to do as well. A couple of giveaways. that have got a $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. Here is clue number three. In 2014, I became the first New Zealander to score centuries in my first two career test matches. In 2014, I became the first New Zealander to score centuries in my first two career test matches. Double eight, double three, if you know the answer, $100 Adidas golf voucher could be all Any yours. I don't even know what the answer is. I've had about three guesses and I've been wrong every time. So, because I don't know, because uh. this is a Robbie one. Yeah, so, I haven't asked yeah. him to tell me. I'm like, hmm. Oh, trickster. Oh, yeah. trickster. Oh, Mac will know. Mac will know. 
Yeah, wonder we'll, if he'll know. Yeah, we'll, 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 get, we'll get his take on it. Also, keep your texts rolling through 8833. We've got that Chemist Warehouse fragrance uh, pack to give away as well. Uh, Craig McMillan joins us now, former Black Cap and Black Cap batting coach. G'day, mate. How you doing? Morning, Ricardo. Good, thank you. How, how's the concreting, mate? You managed to keep the kids in the pets off it? <laughs> <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't concreting, mate. God, what lies are you telling, Mecca? I was supervising, and, and I was getting the hands dirty as which is more than what you do. <laughs> I said the only concrete you're doing is when you're hitting your irons off the concrete at Clearwater, mate. That's the only concrete you're bloody doing. <laughs> yeah, off the park, yeah. Oh, mate. Hey, uh, obviously, you got a result on the weekend, and there's been uh, a lot of comments and conversations had, particularly from Tim Southey, saying it's the worst wicket he's ever played on. You played in Bangladesh. You, you can agree with his comments? Yeah, it's a shocker. Um, I thought it was a really gutsy <laughs> win, actually, in, in horrible conditions. Mm. Um, and I think it showed that the Bangladesh batters struggled just as much as what our batters did. Um, too much spin, too early in the test, and there was actually no time during that test matches that, that the bat actually um, favoured over the ball. So there's a couple of deliveries. I don't know if you saw that Tom Latham got to face that basically he came forward to, so turned and bounced, and the wicketkeeper took it above his shoulder height. So they were unplayable. Um, so really difficult conditions. And the test match that really New Zealand had no right to win, especially after being, what were they, 46 for five in the first innings and 69 for six mm. in the second, and it took two special knocks from Glenn Phillips um, to get them home. And it just there's been a lot of conversations around around the pitch over in Bangladesh for for good reason because of what what we saw in both tests they're pretty challenging. Uh, has that always been the case from playing in Bangladesh, or have they gone too far? Yeah, they've always taken spin, and that's something that you realise when you tour places like Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, India. Mm. But generally, there's a period where it does flatten out, where you can actually get in and score runs, and it's not too tough. Um, this pitch gave the batters no chance at all. Right from the start, they had no chance at all. And it showed how important that first innings knock of um, Phillips of getting 80-odd and getting New Zealand the lead when it looked like they were going to concede probably a first innings lead of maybe 60 or 70. He somehow got New Zealand up to level with Bangladesh. When the highest score is 180 in a test match, to me that's saying it's a very poor pitch. So it's something you sort of realise, boys, when you travel to these countries, that they're going to favour the home side. Let's be fair, when mm. teams come to New Zealand, we have them green, which suit our fast yep. bowlers, so we have an advantage as well. But New Zealand pitches do flatten out after day one, day two, so there's an opportunity to score runs. But this is just a poor pitch all round. Macca, I know uh, Henry Nichols has um, come in for some criticism because of his form. I mean, I think in the last two years, he's had one score over 30, and that was 200 not out. And even with that, his, his average is under 30. Um is it time to start? You know how we, you know, we, in this, these tests we loaded our our bowling lineup with with spinners. Is it time to start doing that with batsmen as well? Because I know his his subcontinent average is under was around sixteen, uh, versus his normal test average was about thirty eight. So I mean, if the bloke can't play spin and can't play those conditions, why take him? Yeah, he's he's the player under fire at the moment, isn't he, Ricardo? He's certainly the mm. one that's got a little bit of on his back and. Look, the one thing I know about Henry Nichols is he's a quality test match batter. Um, the stats yep. say that he doesn't perform as well overseas as what he does at home, and that's something that probably needs to be discussed because 
when we do tour overseas, it seems that we get very specific with the bowlers in terms of spinners coming in for quicks. But the batters stay the same. So it doesn't matter what conditions we travel to, the batting lineup stays the same. And maybe we could be a little bit more horses for courses if someone performs well in certain conditions, they get picked in those conditions. But look, I mean, Henry Nichols, he's got nine test hundreds. Um, he's probably one of your first batters picked in New Zealand because he averages 48 in test cricket in New Zealand. And we've got four test yeah. matches this summer coming up against South Africa and Australia. So I think you're going to need that experience. But certainly I think he'd probably be the first to admit, boys, that in between his big scores, he's not consistent enough. So it's either very little and then something big. And I think there probably needs to be a little bit more consistency. And I think he'd be the first to admit that. Well, the piece of the puzzle that everyone wants to try and figure out, uh, Macker, is probably the, the first two. We've got Tom Leif and Devin Conway. What is the best way about getting them to be able to fire? Devin Conway, since the, the ODI, he, look, he looks a bit, little bit tired, um, probably losing a little bit of confidence. 47 runs at 11.75 over in Bangladesh. Would you try and manipulate the order and move him, move him down to three or four? And if so, who comes in? No. No, no, I wouldn't. I mean, he's had a little bit of a blip, has he? He had a scored mm. 100 against England in that first game in the World Cup and then was shorter runs. But remembering that he came into international cricket and pretty much made it look easy right from the start, now all of a sudden, yep. as most players go through, there's just a little yep. bit of a bump in the road that he's going to have to deal with. And there's a lot of reasons why those things happen. It's the amount of cricket played, it's the travel. It's all those things that mm. add up at times that can mean that you're just a little bit off your game. So... That's something that he'll get over. He's a quality player, as I have no issues with that at all. Latham, to me, is one player that looks tired. He's played a lot of cricket um, for New yeah. Zealand over the last four months, and I quite, can't quite understand why he's playing this one-day series against Bangladesh, which starts this Sunday in Dunedin, and Kane Williamson, <laughs> who's hardly played, is being rested. He hardly played in the World Cup, coming back from injury, played a couple of matches there, and he's been rested again. So there's a couple of selections that have come through that I'm just sort of scratching my head over recently. But look, Latham's quality plays, one of New Zealand's best openers in terms of the stats and the record of his yep. fashion. So he will be back in the runs, I have no doubt, very soon. Mac, what about Glenn Phillips? What have you made of him? And, and do you think he could bat higher than where he's been playing in these tests? Well, he's a quality player. I've actually been pushing for him to be in the New Zealand Test side for some time. But um, it's great that it's that he's finally made the most of an opportunity. Um, yeah, he could bat high. There's no doubt he could do that, Ricardo. I think the thing about Phillips is in that number six or seven slot, you want a player that can come in and change the game. Um, and, and quite often you want an aggressive player that's not afraid to take the bowlers on um, because... I think back to Australia, who had an Adam Gilchrist in that seven slot. Quite often we'd have Australia five for 150, and the next thing they were five for 340. So it's a player that can come in and put the bowlers on notice and change things up really quickly, and he showed that he can do that. Um, he's got that X factor about him. I think that, you know, he's sort of in that slot that Michael Bracel was occupying last summer. Um, obviously, Bracel mm. had an Achilles injury and is out, but. I think Phillips could do that same role um, in New Zealand when those test matches come along. He could perhaps bowl a few overs off, off spin, um, bat at seven, um, can face that second new ball, um, and I think he deserves to continue. He has to be in that side somewhere, so they have to find a spot for him. 
Yeah, he's the big name from that uh, that series over in Bangladesh. 180 runs at 60.3, eight wickets, averaging 16. So no doubt he'll be putting his name down, or they'll be putting his name down going forward. I just want to ask you about AJS Patel. We knew what he did a couple of years ago or a year ago in India when he got a temper and then he went missing. Is this going to be similarities <laughs> to him going forward in the summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he bowled beautifully, didn't he? Uh, unfortunately, I think it might be because you know the balance of the New Zealand Test side is going to change when they come back here. Um, mm. They'll bring, they'll play the four big, fast, quick, so they'll come back in. So the two spinners will drop out, and they'll want the all-rounder who can bowl some off-spin. So whether that uh, was Michael Bracewell, I think that will be continue to be Glenn Phillips now with how he's played. So it's really tough. He's the first guy that gets picked mm. when New Zealand travel overseas is. Um, and I yep. think he shows what a wonderful spin bowler he is. And he perhaps hasn't been given the credit that he deserved. But unfortunately, in New Zealand, with our conditions, um, he hasn't been overly successful. And there hasn't been a, a real need for a lot of overs from a spinner. So, yeah, I think he could find some time on the sidelines again, <laughs> which is pretty tough, isn't it, with a, such a great player? Well, it is. Where, where, where does Rach and Ravindra sit then? Because I thought the perfect time to pick him in your test team is when he's hot, hot, hot on form after a Cricket World Cup and you're playing in spin-friendly conditions and he's such a risky player, he would have been perfect to put in that team. Yeah, it's a good call. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of discussion about him and, and whether they could fit him in that New Zealand test side. Had a great World Cup, was perhaps one of the stars, if not the star of the World Cup. Has a big future, no doubt, um, ahead for New Zealand. And I think he'll certainly be one of the first names on the team sheet in this coming one-day international this Sunday in Dunedin. Um, look, I think there is a massive difference between ODI cricket and Test cricket in a lot of areas. And I think that for him right now, continuing to be a consistent player in this New Zealand one-day side, I think will serve him well moving forward in terms of when he does get into that Test side. Watch, let's be honest, boys, we'll not be far away but it's still mm. a very good test side that's done well in recent times that you actually have to find a way to get into. So um, he'll just have to bide his time a little bit, continue doing well in white ball cricket. And um, look, he's going to play a lot of cricket for New Zealand in all three formats, I think. But you can only pick 11 players at, at any time. And in the end, um, he has to sit on the sideline. Well, speaking of sidelines, I know you've been on the sideline down in Queenstown donning the golf courses, uh, you know, calling the game for the White Ferns. They got the result. Mealy Kerr taking over captaincy. Is this a changing of the guard that was potentially needed? Pretty successful first outing for Mealy? It was, wasn't it? I think it was a little mm. insight into changing of the guard is. I think um, there was no mm. Divine or Leah Tahu- Tahuhu who um, have been stewards for New Zealand for a long time. They've been terrific performers. But it was a very young New Zealand side and the White fans needed a win, didn't they? They hadn't been good in the previous two matches. Mm. So uh, Mealy Kerr was outstanding with the ball, good with the bat. Good to see the veteran Susie Bates back amongst the run. So um, it's an interesting time for this White fans side. They've got a one-day series starting tomorrow against Pakistan that they need to win. In terms of qualification mm. for World Cups and stuff, they need to win. So they need to find some consistency, but I think when you look at the players that New Zealand have, they need to start putting some time into some of the younger players because we can't afford to lose three or four experienced players all at the same time. No, that's going to be interesting, actually, Maka, that you say that because uh, I was looking at the schedule for the White Ferns, and I'm not entirely sure. You, you might have a better idea of why this is, uh, 
But I look at it, we play these three ODIs against Pakistan in Queenstown and Christchurch. Then the White Ferns don't have any competitive matches till March. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird itinerary, isn't it? I don't know the reason for that. They go back to domestic cricket, um, play Super Smash, but yeah, it's not ideal having that bigger gap um, between international series. So um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how that's come about because normally it's a lot more fluid throughout the season. But um, yeah, that's going to be an important series too. England are one of the top sides in the world, so that will be something to look forward to. But first and foremost, they have to take care of Pakistan over the next week make sure they win the series. Yeah, they do. They do, mate. And just before we let you go, we did have that, uh, you touched on that ODI squad for Bangladesh named uh, the uh, last week, and there was a few new names in it. Uh, what can mm. you tell us about Will O'Rourke, this 22-year-old Canterbury fast bowler? He seems like a, a tower of menace. He is a handful and can seriously bowl. I've um, been at a number of Canterbury trainings um, out the back at Hagley there. And standing watching him bowl, I've been glad that I haven't had a piece of willow in my hand because the, the pace and bounce he bowls at and the movement is a real handful. So um, he is quality. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing a number of players in this New Zealand side in this series. Um, Ricardo, I think Willow Rourke's one of the standouts. Eddie Ashok, the league spinner from Auckland, um, has a bright future as well. So there's a little bit of a change in the guard, a couple of youngsters coming in, but I think you'll see very quickly the potential and the talent that these guys have, and it's exciting for the New Zealand side. Mackie, you'll be all over the the, car, the game down here domestically in Christchurch. Is he related to Jack O'Rourke? I saw this young kid on social media score a ton playing senior cricket. He's only 16. No, I don't think so. Is no. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Cheers, Mackie. Get to the golf course. Where are you playing today? Uh, not playing today, is, but it is blue sky and sunshine, so I might have to ring around and find someone to get out for nine holes or something just to kill a little bit of time. Mate, it's, 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 uh, uh, it's, it's all about just, you know, keeping up keeping up the uh, your step count, isn't it, Macca? That's the only reason you do it. Yeah, oh, it's a good man, work, Ricardo. A... It really is. It's good exercise. Beats going to the gym for an hour, doesn't it? His it, wallet's got padlocks on it, too. He doesn't like opening that wallet. Tell you that. See you later. <laughs> Takes my money easy. <laughs> See you later, mate. Thank there you. you. Go. Craig McMillan there with us uh, talking uh, cricket, obviously. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was interesting. A few things he had to say as well. It sounds like uh, Macca may be thinking that the selectors have, have got a few big decisions to make, haven't maybe got this all right so far? Yeah, look, uh, he makes a fair point in regards to Henry Nichols at home. I don't see them making that change anytime soon. Um, Tom Latham looks tired. Why is he playing in the ODIs? Kane Williamson probably could have done with a few games, but when your body's been out of the game for a, very, uh, for a while, do you push it? Do you push it to the limits and maybe potentially look, Push for, oh, you know, cause another injury that, that will upset the, the apple cart for, for the black black caps. But, um, yeah, look, there's a lot of conversations to be had and the selectors will be all over it. But Will O'Rourke, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with the ball in hand for the uh, for the black caps in the ODI. Here he can whip it down there, so be watching that with interest. Oh, actually, we should cross to the cricket desk. Robbie, uh, have you mm. seen, you, you watch a bit of domestic cricket. Will O'Rourke, from what Macca said, sounds a bit like another Kyle Jamison in terms of big height coming down at a, at a different angle and, and doing a bit off the pitch. Yeah, very similar. Um, he's he's the one I would draw comparison to. Um, yeah, ju- just just with height, 
um, and uh, and bounce. I think is the is the main weapon there. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he goes at international level. Yeah, well there you go. There you go. He'll be the first English player or English born player to play for New Zealand since Roger Twos. If he gets a crack. But we, Roger Twos. There you go. Oh, Duncan and Farnley, bloody bat, left-handed. He used to smack it for CD. Yeah. Oh, no, he was, he was at Wellington as well. Yeah, he played for was both. Was he Wellington and CD? Yep, mm. played for both. Yeah, he is. I used to love watching Roger Twos. So good. So good. So good. At 8.21 here on SENZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It is six oh six twenty six eight twenty six. Uh, time has gotten away from me. Uh, there, Israel. Have you have you been working out, brother? <laughs> hey? hey, come on, tell us what are you up to? Oh, uh, you said uh, earlier when you got back from Aussie, you said that you'd done a hundred push ups and a hundred sit ups every morning. Yeah, to, to get the rig in shape, and I thought, oh, I could do that. I could do that. So yesterday, I was like, yeah. oh, yesterday morning, I thought I'll I'll give that a nudge. And I did, I did, uh, I did a hundred push-ups, and yep. I split it into twenties, and then in between, yeah, you just do twenties, yeah, split it up, yep. yeah, and then in between, thought I'll do some, do some abs. So I was like, I didn't, couldn't do, I did ten sit-ups initially, and was like, that hurts. So I split them, mm-hmm. uh, crunches with uh, leg raises, fifty of each, and yep. so I got that done, and I was like, oh yeah, felt that, that's good. This morning. Alarm went off at four o'clock, and I sat up to get my phone, and God, it hurt. <laughs> it's sore, hey man. I remember when I first started this journey, and I was in the gym, and I was doing, we're doing a hundred sit-ups, but you do it in twenties, yeah, uh, little blocks of twenty. And I got to about sixty, and I started cramping in my guts, yeah. And it started like cramping up, and I was like, oh! it was the worst pain. Ever. But once you, like everything, mate, you just keep ticking it off. You don't have to smash it out all at once. Like yesterday, I did 80 push ups and 100 sit ups. And then I was jumped in bed and I was like, oh, I haven't done my 100. I just jumped down into 20. You so go. you just do it throughout the day. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the thing because I started getting the cramp after doing 30 sit ups. It's the cramp in the guts mm. after 30 sit ups. So I was like, I'm not doing another 70 of these. So I, that's why I started just, doing the leg raises instead. Like, split it up. Just be careful. Your back, your back. It can hurt your back, so um, yeah. yeah. Just do do what what's capable, but um, yeah. I'm uh, gone from eating horribly and to counting cows. Eh? It's who am I? <laughs> what's going on? Oh, oh, ba. Who am I? Oh, ba. Oh, ba. Born again, dagger. Born again, dagger. It is eight twenty-eight, and uh, we're looking for your text as well to, uh, for our text of the day because we have a prize from the chemist warehouse, a fragrance pack from the chemist warehouse every day this week for the text of the day. This one from Mark. Morning, boys. Here's a bad luck or a bad punting story for the weekend. I took a five-horse place multi on Saturday, finishing on a horse that never got out of the sheaf swords drawn. The other four all came first. Ah, oh, don't you hate that? You hate that. There's plenty of punting. To, it was a tough weekend of punting, like particularly on Saturday. Pukekohe, Trentham, none of the top, none of the favourites came in. Well, maybe one or two. It was a tough day of punting. But I got a similar story, mm. and uh, my uh, I won't say it who it is because I feel sorry for him. But someone I know had a seven leg multi, all win, two dollars bonus bet. To win $5,100. And he got six straight. Yep. And he got rivered on the final leg. <laughs> so he had an $18 shot, $3.60, $2, $5, $6, $2, $3. 
and he got rivet on the final leg. He reckons it was coming around the home bend. It was leading by five lengths, and it got whooshed at the line to uh, to come fifth. Oh. <laughs> so he, he nearly turned two bucks into five grand. He is this absolutely distraught. Is this the same guy that sends us texts during rugby season giving you stick about the Crusaders and, uh, and bigging up the Hurricanes? Is the same guy? Yeah, I'm going to out him. It's my brother-in-law. So, Mucky, <laughs> Mucky, if Brad is feeling under the weather or he's a little bit sad, that is why. Oh, <laughs> uh, when, you, when you said I'm not going to out him, I'm like, come on, is he you owe him big time? <laughs> yeah, Brad. <laughs> Sorry, Mucky. <laughs> Uh, keep your texts coming oh. through, double eight, double three. If you've got a story to rival that one, we'll do the draw uh, for that mm. Chemist Warehouse Fragrance Pack and announce our winner for Who Am I as well shortly. Up next, though, Paulie Mawadi from the TAB and your choices flooring pole. It's 28 away from 9 o'clock. Your choices flooring pole results are in. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Just head to the Izzy and Kempi uh, for breakfast page on SENZ's app and then underneath it you'll see the poll to vote on and uh, this is how it looks 29% of you voting for the Black Caps beating Bangladesh as the uh, simply the best from the weekend then we've got a tie in second, Paul Cole and Nelly Gillis, Michaela Blyde and Shohei Yatani's manager all coming in with 17% Zoe Sadowski Senate, the Lakers in the NBA in-season comp and the Windies winning their first series in England in 22 years, all following on from that, those are your Choice of flooring poll results. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring Room View. Let's uh, cut across to our mate Paulie Mawadi at the TAB. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. Morning, Paul. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Ricardo. Yes, um, Mm. weather's cleared up. It wasn't the best yesterday, but she's a cracker of a day down here in Petoni today. Nice, mate. Now, Izzy's got a question for you. We uh, had some oh. questions uh, around a, a race from the weekend and the way it's managed. <laughs> yeah, Paulie, obviously, the TAV Classic, I watched the start. There was a false start, and I thought automatically, I'm like, man, I'm going to jump on and have a punt on some of those outside horses because they are rest and they're ready to go. Was that the case or was the market closed? No, the market opened back up again. You uh, had every opportunity to get back on again, Izzy. <laughs> and how did they go? <laughs> uh, well, the ones that uh, only ran the race once uh, finished first, second and fourth. So they went all yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> did, that, did that cost you? Um, well, I, oh, I can tell you that um, Desert Lightning was very well backed uh, even before the the false start, okay. so yeah, yeah, they um, I think it was up around the, inside the top two or three in terms of favouritism um, just outside of Aegon, so yeah, there were plenty on Desert Lightning um, so they got paid very nicely indeed Beautiful, well it was a tough weekend to have a wee punt, and obviously a huge day yesterday at Addington with a lot of group ones been raced, how'd the punters go yesterday? Oh, a number of favourites got up yesterday, so there were plenty of uh, very, very happy punters. I don't know if you popped along to uh, Addington, Izzy, um, but yes, it, the day started off very well for punters, and it, and it continued uh, in that vein um, with a number of um, fairly short price favourites uh, getting up for punters at Addington at the um, Grand Prix meeting. Um, in fact, I've 
I think the the biggest uh, outsider uh, that won on Sunday uh, was in race seven, and number one Sunny Sister, who paid around the ten dollar mark outside of that. There, it was all very much um, going along the lines of favouritism. So, yep, plenty of punters. There were plenty of multis that got up yesterday. So it was a good finish to the weekend. Uh, certainly for those harness punters who uh, were getting stuck in yesterday at that big uh, Grand Prix meeting down at Addington. Now, Paul, uh, we give you a lot of stick when you stop something, so only only props, only fair when when you get something home uh, that we give you props. Jeff has texted through, who listens a lot. Uh, Paul, you beauty, I won eighty bucks on your horse tip, then four fifty on Glenn Phillips, and then backed up by another two hundred on the Black Caps win. Go, Paulie, go, Glenn Phillips, you are the man. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I um, I just had a look at the um, the market for that second test, um, and I can tell you that the Black Caps um, were kept fairly safe by bookies. They got out to $2.65. That was the biggest price they paid in the head-to-head market for that second test against Bangladesh. In fact, the worst result for us, amazingly, was the uh, draw. Punters back in there, I have no idea why. I mean, they did lose one day's play, um, due to the weather, but boy, oh boy, wickets were tumbling um, just willy-nilly. So it, it, they'd probably need three and a half days worth of rain for that not to have uh, finished in a result. So, yep, back in the black caps, and I think the boys put a, a booster market for Glenn Phillips to get 50 or more in that first innings and the black caps to win. Um, so that one got up as well. Um, it was great to see the black caps bounce back. Um Interesting without Ravindra again. Mm, yeah, we just talked to Craig McMillan about that. He was scratching his head on that one too, mate. Uh, NFL got a, a load of games on at the moment. Uh, bit of a head scratcher to see old uh, Trevor Lawrence with a high ankle sprain six days later, uh, suiting up against the Browns today. Yes, yeah. Um, and you would have thought maybe they give him the week off just to um, recuperate and get that ankle back. But he's he's there. He's had a slow, slow start to that game. Um, but starting to find his rhythm again. Um, I'm just having a look at the big game later on this afternoon. The Cowboys up against the Eagles. Uh, We've got a same-game claim on that Cowboys-Eagles game uh, later on this afternoon. So um, I like looking at games where I think there are going to be a few points scored, and I think we will see a few points scored here. I actually give the... uh, Philadelphia Eagles a wee bit of a chance here. I know they were very, very disappointing against the San Francisco 49ers uh, last weekend, but I think they bounced back today uh, against their divisional rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're three-and-a-half-point outsiders, the Philadelphia Eagles. I do like the plus three-and-a-half, but if you're going to take a same-game multi, then I don't mind uh, A.J. Brown, who is an absolute beast. I don't know how anyone can defend against him. I've got him for a touchdown. I've got um, Hertz for a touchdown as well. He, they, he usually sneaks over from a quarterback sneak, so I, ha- I have no doubt that he'll be uh, jogging over for a touchdown as well. And on the uh, Cowboys, don't want to look at their running back, Tony Pollard, to also score a touchdown. That same game multi comes out to $5.50. Let's stick to American sport. And obviously, huge news yesterday with Ho- uh, Shohei Otani signing for the LA Dodgers, $700 million. Has that done enough to shift the market for the World Series winner 2024? 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, this is ridiculous. $700 million. Oh, my goodness. But the, the boys have actually put uh, a market out on how many regular season wins the LA Dodgers will get in 2024. And the line is at 102 and a half. Under 102 and a half at $1.73 over 102 and a half at $1.91. They've got a stack, stack team. I think, I think with Otani and I think it's Mookie Betts, there's $1 billion worth of salary in two <laughs> players. That is just, that is it. Like, they could have bought New Zealand for that. Fair income. This is ridiculous. Um, and having a look at their odds, they are the favourites with bookies to win the uh, World Series. Dodgers, $6 now to win the World Series. Uh, the Braves are at seven, Houston Astros at nine, and your New York Yankees at $9.50. But there has been quite a bit of interest in the Dodgers in terms of that uh, World Series market and in terms of the National League uh, pennant winner, where they are 375, the Dodgers, to win the National League. Does put a bit of a question mark next to Major League Baseball, right? Because one of the things that American sport does so well, the NBA, the NFL, and everything, is the draft, right? So your, your team will have a lull, but you know if you if you managed right in sort of ten games or so, you uh, ten years or so, you'll be back competing. But there are two teams. I think the Oakland A's are one. Might be the Baltimore Orioles are the other. That Otani has paid more than their entire rosters. So it's not exactly a level playing field in Major League Baseball, is it? No, no, but I'm, I get the fact, I, well, I, I sort of think that the owners of the likes of the Oakland A's uh, could probably put their hands in their pocket and maybe dish out a wee bit more in terms of um, their, uh, paying the salaries of their players. I, I think they're skimming the top there slightly and um, keeping a wee bit of the profits for themselves and running them on, a, on the smell of an oily rag. Although, to be fair, when you're talking around um, 60-odd million um, for salaries, it's, it's still quite a fair uh, wedge of cash. So, yeah, Looks that's like... some crazy money. Well done to, uh, uh, who was it? Izzy Otani. Is that his name? Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Oh, I chose the wrong sport. Oh, yeah, boy. here we go. There we go. Good stuff, Paulie. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks, Paulie. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, eh? All good, boys. All right. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at cab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Uh, up next, we'll go to your text and we'll uh, announce a couple of winners. 13 away from nine on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and we have a few things to sort out, including our Who Am I? $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here are the three clues for you, Izzy. You ready? Uh, yep. I was born in 1990, made my international debut in 2012. I've represented many different franchises, including three from New Zealand, four from England, and four from India. Mm. And clue number three, I became the first New Zealander to score centuries in my first two career tests. Who am I? You got an answer for us, Izzy? You know it? Jimmy Neesham. Jimmy Neesham is correct. Well done to you and well done to Josh Dean from Wellington as well who texted through. Congratulations to you, Josh. $100 Adidas golf voucher. I thought it was yours. Corey Anderson at the start. Oh, did you? Eventually. But um, Josh Dean gave it away for me. 
Do you, yeah, well done, Josh. It was Josh. a tough one. Well done, Josh. <laughs> it was a tough We had lots of different answers. Yeah. Matthew Sinclair, mm. Craig Spearman, although if you do the maths, they were too old. Uh, there's a yeah. few people who were going with Brad Hodge and things like that, oh, you know, thinking outside the box, thinking outside of New Zealand until that last mm. that last clue. But, yeah, no, good work, Robbie. Good work on your uh, uh, yet another uh, tough pick for Who Am I? Uh, and we've also got, for text of the day, Izzy, a uh, yep. Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack to give away. Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse. Whether it's a stocking filler or the main gift, Chemist Warehouse have you covered. Pop in store or head online today. And who have you picked? Well, we've gone for one from from the from the start, really, which pretty much summed up the big weekend of sport and success for our Kiwis. Morning, boys! Great weekend of sport and racing. Eight Group Ones at Addington on Sunday. Lucky Swainese winning the Hong Kong Sprint Bread by Sheikh Al Sharok. Golden Sixty, the best horse in the world, winning the Hong Kong Mile win, number twenty-six from thirty starts. Liverpool back to the top of the table, and Man United getting whopped by Bournemouth. No, Paul that, Cole winning New Zealand's. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Cole winning the squash open. Black Cats finally standing up against Bangladesh. Black Sticks beat USA. Breakers, well, they lose again. Lakers take out the first in-season NBA title. Zoe Sadowski Senate taking out Golden Big Air World Cup. Snowball meet and Shohei Otani signing 10-year $1.1 billion deal with the LA Dodgers. And that is from our man from Gizzy, Joey. Coming uh-huh. your way. Don't know why I bother writing all my uh, sports headline stories. I just grabbed Joey's text, <laughs> throw it yeah, in there. He's, he's over it all. Uh, but awesome weekend, and it's hard to really summarise it up in three hours. That's why Smithy will carry you through to midday, and then you've got the rest of the team for a big day of sport, no doubt. Yeah, indeed. And uh, we'll catch up with Smithy shortly. So congratulations to you, Joe. Uh, Chemist Warehouse Fragrance Pack coming your way. We are nine away from nine, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Smithy up next. Three minutes away from nine o'clock. That means Smithy's taking the helm soon. Uh, yeah, good weekend, Smithy. Morning to you. Yeah, very quiet weekend. Didn't go too far. A little bit of golf. Uh, watched a little bit of racing and oh, I cleaned my shoes, ready to go away again. So it's, it's pretty quiet, Ricardo, yeah. When are you off again, Smithy? Uh, head away uh, on Wednesday. To Perth for the first test, uh, Australia-Pakistan. So look forward to that. Geez, you're a busy man, aren't you? I know. S- well I know. sought after, Ian Stockley-Smith. How oh, good. Hardly got time Hardly got time to do anything, is it? It's just, just all go. <laughs> and what's the what's the go with with that test match? Obviously a lot going on off the pitch. Um, mm. How do you see that playing out? I just kind of think Australia are going to dominate this summer. They've got three tests against Pakistan. They've got two against the West Indies. I think they'll account for them. I thought they'll wear Pakistan down. I think they'll be way too good for the West Indies. So uh, I think there's a lot of positive stuff coming out of uh, Australian uh, cricket for, for their particular summer anyway. Yeah. What about um, Matthew Mott, mate? You reckon he's going to be looking for a new job soon? Lost their first series to the Windies in 22 years. Yeah, look, uh, on the back of a shocking World Cup from their point of view, uh, he's under pressure, and the, one, the reason he's under pressure is because Baz does so damn well on the other side of things. So, you know, and they, they are a highly rated, well, they have been a highly rated white ball team uh, in the last four or five, six years, but that's just completely and utterly gone off the rails. Probably need a new captain. Is, is there an excuse to be had with um, too much focus on the red ball format? I know those conversations have been had. I don't think so, no. I mean, 
you know, there's not a it's, it's a, a small correlation between players, but uh, within the red and the white ball thing. But I think there's enough of a mix that you can mm. you don't have to or you shouldn't be able to use that as an excuse. They won't be. The fact of the matter is they're just not scoring enough runs. They're playing poor cricket, and they they have to look at the reason why they're playing such poor cricket across the board. Speaking of lack and lack of excuses, the Black Caps found a way on a pretty difficult pitch, mate. Uh, are you happy with that they, result? Yeah, I am actually. Um, you know, we we bagged yep. them um, in terms of uh, a lot of their performance, but they got out of it. Uh, mm. Five for fifty odd uh, twice in the set in the test match. You don't win a test match very often when you're five for fifty in both innings. So they mm. got out of it, uh, but they got out of it because they bowled so well in this uh, second time round. So. Uh, the great shame is that uh, the, the guys that got them out of the hole probably won't play again this summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> irony, irony. Uh, on that, Smithy, it got me thinking, we were talking to Macca before, but uh, what about, you know, we, we have specialist players for when we go to the subcontinent in terms of with the ball, we load our team with spinners. Why don't they do that with batsmen? And I, and I t- you know, t- take that because of all the talk about Henry Nichols, he's averages, what, 16 in the subcontinent versus 38 generally. I mean, should we have specialist batsmen to go and play in those conditions? I don't think it's uh, an un- unreasonable idea, no. Oh, I, I think you've just got to look at that situation. There are guys that just play spin so very, very well. Mm. Uh, and maybe the problem is, of course, that we don't get to play on it as often to improve our games. That's the issue. I mean, you know, uh, I think we've talked about it to ad, ad nauseum, really, about Ravindra. I think he's a good player of spin. Mm. But no, they were exceptionally ugly pitches, actually. We're going to talk about that with Chris Harris very shortly. Keep an eye on some sport coming in from America, including uh, Izzy, uh, Lydia Coe at the top of the leaderboard with Jason Day uh, at the moment in the Grant Thord Invitational. We'll keep that up to date with about three holes to go. Yeah, beautiful. Smithy, awesome. have a great show, mate. And uh, we'll catch you again uh, after the latest in news with Araha. Here it is. Thanks to Kubota, their in-stock catalogue is out now.